This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Well, what up, High Fivers? Your boy, High Five Tom, with a very, very special uh, edition. Uh, this is not really a showcase. This isn't really chopping it up. Definitely not Ring of Honor Revelries, kind of stand your own podcast. But uh, um, yeah, we're just going to, I brought in a couple of, uh, well, not only two of my favorite podcasters, but literally two of my favorite human beings in the whole world. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of mental health here. But uh, first, uh, Brundon, as heard on uh, previous watch-alongs on uh, Ring of Honor Reverie. Uh, Brundon, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. Nice and full. Burping up some sushi. So, nice. Uh, yeah. I do love sushi. Good. Excited for a day off tomorrow, so good day. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. also, uh, we brought in our good friend, uh, Big Dick Brett from the Brain Buster Boys. Uh, Brett, how are you this evening, my friend? I am full of Taco Bell and burping <laughs> up some Taco Bell. It's great. Uh, but no, I'm good and uh, happy to be here and excited for this conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if anyone besides Tim calls you Big Dick Brick, but uh, I just kind of stole it from him. So, so I mean, say so. I can't be upset about that nickname, so I will gladly uh, take it. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's not bad. So, um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my good friend Brendan here, I said, "Hey, Thomas, do a podcast about mental health," and I'm like, "Well, why the fuck not?" I mean, this is all something, you know. Uh, all three of us, uh, unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but do struggle with, uh, live with, or however you want to put it. But, uh, Brendan, you just want to kind of start the conversation off here, real quick. Yeah, um, I guess like I've always kind of, uh, I got to tell. Uh, like an abridged version of my story once. Uh, I guess I'll go into it more at some point, but uh, I went to, I went to slash sent away to a uh, boarding school in high school. And years later, I got to uh, go back and speak in front of, you know, all the students and all the parents and everything about my experiences there and how important it was. So, you know, it's always been in my mind since then, you know, to really like do a do a podcast, do more of that and kind of get the word out there about mental health, how important it is, how, you know, people struggle with it, always have struggled with it, always will struggle with it. But, you know, how you can also I won't say like fully overcome it, but you can live a nice, healthy life with it. So. Well, if you figure out how to do that, Brendan, let me know. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So you were, so you said you were sent away to a boarding school. Yeah, yeah. So like good uh, or bad? It turned out to be probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. Okay. Were oh, you yeah. str- <clears throat> were you struggling with mental health before you got there, or was that kind of? Yeah, uh, I've been, uh. I guess diagnosed since I was seven years old, pretty much. I was diagnosed ADHD very early. Um, I was a riddling kid Hmm. at 10 years old. Uh, I was misdiagnosed bipolar because uh, I have history in my family of that. 
um, diagnosed depressed, which was probably true. <laughs> well, yeah, which was true. So I've been a Prozac kid, lithium kid, Wellbutrin kid, Zodiac, uh, whatever that Zoloft kid. So I've been a Wellbutrin kid. Yeah, went through a lot of them. And a Lexapro kid were my Lexapro. two. Yeah, which wasn't until last year was for me was the first time I ever saw a therapist, took medication, and I'm no longer doing either. Um, I definitely want to start seeing a therapist, you know, once a month, once every other month. Like I'm in a much, much better place in my life now than really the beginning of 2022 was my darkest time, probably. Um but yeah, my experiences were all very positive. You know, um, I stopped seeing the therapist for personal reasons. There was something that we talked about that I didn't necessarily appreciate his reaction to. And, you know, I said, thank you. This has been very helpful. But, you know, I think we're done here. Um, and now I've moved. So I just haven't really gotten around to it. But in terms of the medicine, you know, I knew I was doing better, you know, as last year went on and, you know, we'll all get it, get more into our stuff here at some point, but really it took me, you know, getting a job again. Cause I was, I was unemployed. I was doing entrepreneur stuff for a few years and then that was just gone. Um, and I was just lost, but starting to work in a restaurant again, which I'd only done for like four, three, four months in my life, you know, seven years prior, but the group of people I worked with, like, I'm not going to say they saved my life because I wasn't like in that bad of a position, but like they turned my life around. Absolutely. Um, so shout out to everyone at Nomad in Bellevue, Kentucky. I love you all. Um, <laughs> I was there about 10 months and, you know, just as time went on and before I started to move, like I had gotten off the Wellbutrin, like talked to my doctor about it, um, <clears throat> like just kind of want to see what how it goes and like honestly didn't notice much change which to me meant you know I guess I'm doing okay so before I moved here to Louisville I'm like you know what I'm just gonna see what happened I know you're supposed to sometimes like wean off but I was not on like too high of a dosage of either but um you know I think I'm just in a better spot now that I haven't really needed it but the therapy thing you know that's definitely something I want to have in my life in some capacity you know, I was going weekly or bi-weekly there for a while, but even just someone to talk to, like I said, monthly, bi-monthly, it just helps. This shit helps. You know, this yes. is a form of therapy. Absolutely. And, you know, I tell the friends, the family, the coworkers in my life, like I've always been someone you can vent to me. I'll listen because I know how much that shit has helped me in my life just to have anyone to listen, even if they don't know what the hell you're talking about. Just for me personally, burying shit in, it's just going to make it that much worse. So, yeah, so I've just been kind of blabbering around, but that's just kind of like the start of my story. And, uh, yeah. Did yeah. uh did your so your your bad experience with your therapist, but obviously overall that experience was positive except for that one thing. Oh yeah. And I'm no, did not, I'm not going to get into what that was. Right. No, but... yeah, that's, yeah, obviously that's fine. Um, but no, it was all great up and it wasn't even anything like major by any means. It was more of just like a disagreement, I guess, on something, um, or a misunderstanding rather. Yeah. yeah. And he's like a 70 year old man. And it was more of a generational misunderstanding that I'm like, you know what? 
we're good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And I, I was already at getting it a better place for me personally as well. So it kind of just kind of worked out that way. Yeah, I'm I'm just glad it, it didn't scar you. Um, I've I've never done therapy. Well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, my parent my parents got divorced. They make you go to therapy. It's just like I'm mean, I'm like this guy's a fucking jerk off. Um, I have very <laughs> I don't know if you guys have noticed. I have very anti-authoritarian tendencies as in general. Um, so any kind of adult thing. And one thing, and I should probably get the fuck over it. It was over thirty plus years ago. Um, I actually mentioned this in my podcast about. Uh, the movie's Heather's, but we had a, a guidance counselor and we had this kid kill himself. And all of a sudden, uh, this guidance counselor never gave a shit about me, but all of a sudden, you know, they lost one of their kids and it made him look bad. So all of a sudden, I was in his fucking, you know, his office like once a week. He's like, Oh, your parents are getting divorced. How do you feel about it? I'm like, I'm fucking great about it. I knew it was going to happen five years ago before they did. So leave me the fuck alone. You know, he, I just, I've been very jaded about that. Obviously, this was 1991. I you should probably, think, sorry to cut you off, but do you yeah. think it's because it was something you were forced into? And obviously, oh, yeah. you were young too, but yeah. 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 I was like, no, yeah. F- yeah. Fuck right off. I mean, yeah. it's just like, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, nothing inappropriate happened, but I mean, Mr. Cito can lick my dick. Um, you know, I, I have been saying that for sure. It was just, just the way I was treated. It was just like, all of a sudden, now you care. You know, yeah. someone made you look bad and now, you know, you want to get your numbers back up. It was just like, and honestly, listen, I mean, my parents' divorce really didn't affect me at all, really. I mean, I've, don't get me wrong. I mean, you've met my mom, Brett. Um, Brendan, you have not met my parents She's a yet, wonderful woman. I she heard is. you talk to her on the phone once on the podcast. <laughs> I was surprised it was just once, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I love my parents to death. You know, my dad is not the same dad as he used to be, but he's gotten older. Uh, I've got two best parents, and, I mean, I knew they were getting divorced. There was always tension in the house, so it didn't really affect me. It just gave me an excuse to be an asshole. Um, cause I remember so I would do something like, Oh, he's just acting out and his parents are getting divorced. So I kept fucking pushing and pushing, but you know, so on and so forth. And I was just like, all right, if you're going to give me an excuse to do this. So, you know, I never got myself expelled or anything, but sorry, I went on a little tangent there, but, uh, no but Brendan, uh, did, yeah. so you said you started off with the Ritalin. Um, yeah. did that help? Um, I don't think so. It was, uh, let me see, 30, 31 years ago. So I don't think, it, I mean, I don't think it really helped. It's it's possible, like, maybe it just wasn't the right med for me. So, uh, you know, I, I went from that and then went straight from that to uh, lithium. Because, like I said, uh, I have bipolar, uh, you know, I'll say my father... Uh, is bipolar. He struggled with that in the past, but once he got on the right meds, he lived a normal life and everything. I have uh, other family members as well, but uh, that's why they, you know, I had a lot of, uh, definitely a lot of ups and downs. The downs probably because, you know, I was in, I was not the most popular kid in school. I, that's stupid. You know, I got picked on a lot and shit like that. But, yeah. No. is what it is kids being kids so but uh yeah I, they thought uh because of that and my family history oh obviously this kid should be bipolar let's put a 12 year old on lithium <laughs> yeah. he yeah. should be he should be bipolar <laughs> so let's make him bipolar yeah um yeah so. Uh, so i one of my best friends in my life was diagnosed bipolar it was like 
freshman year of college. And I was there when he had kind of his episode for lack of a better term. And it was scary as fuck. And another high school classmate similarly had an episode during school, you know, super duper manic. Like everyone thought it was like a joke, but like two days later we learned he's in the hospital and, you know, a week later he's diagnosed bipolar. So I've got at least history with that in my life and the best friend, you know, I can talk to the whole, you know, getting the right medication. Cause I yeah. even roomed with him for a semester in college and he couldn't, you know, he wouldn't get out of bed. And I, now yeah. I know what that's like. Cause I've experienced that at the time I had no clue. Um, I knew he was bipolar, but didn't know that the medicine being off could just fuck with you that much. Um, but he similarly had been on and off so many different things. I don't know what, but is in a much, much better place now that he's kind of gotten that straight. You know, it's not a hundred percent every day, yeah. but like you said, he can live a normal life. Absolutely. So like my father had, a, <laughs> my father was on lithium for probably a good 15, maybe almost 20 years. Yeah. But the issue as good as it works and it, it worked great. But uh, unfortunately, you can only take it for so long before it starts affecting your liver. Sure. So that eventually happened because you got to get test. They test your blood every month just to make sure you're safe. So once they found out that it was going to affect his his liver, you know, he had to like try and switch medicines. And it was rough there for a while where, you know, same thing. He wasn't getting out of bed at times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was struggling, but. Eventually, he, they found the right combination of meds, and it's been working really well for him for the last, uh, maybe not, maybe not twenty years, but close to it. Awesome. Yeah, he still, he still says he, he knows there are some days where he might feel a little manic or he might feel a little depressed, and he just knows like, okay, I'm gonna take it easy today. I'm not gonna go out anywhere. I'm gonna just, you know, stay home and watch over myself. So and knowing yourself, I think, is yes, more than half the battle, you know, yeah. and like yeah. knowing when to give yourself grace or, you know, just like not to be too hard on yourself, because I think human nature, we're hard on ourselves. Just, you know, that's just kind of how it works. So yep. Yep. that's one thing that I learned. And admittedly, Tom, um, psychedelics for the first time kind of helped me learn a lot about myself. Um, and I don't want to get too, too deep into that here yet, but you know, I didn't touch, never did a psychedelic until I was 31. Maybe I was always kind of scared of them. You know, I was a kid, like I didn't do drugs. You know, I smoked pot once in high school, hated it. Didn't do it again until senior year of college. Now I smoke every day uh, because it <laughs> helps me fucking sleep and calm down and whatever. And, you know, it's obviously pretty legal medically, recreationally, a lot of places as it should be. Um, and I've, of course, dabbled in other drugs since. But um, I just never knew the power of psychedelics, truly. Um, and it's got to be done, you know, in the right space with the right people, you know, you know, I don't know what else to say but um, (laughs) you just got to be in the right environment the right head space and you can really really learn a lot and i know you know mushrooms are being used for depression every day and like the science is just continuing to like prove that this is an effective 
medicine for lack of a better term you know it's not for everyone but you know i've seen videos and read things about people who've gone on retreats that you know wanted you know every day wanted to kill themselves and now all of a sudden they're living happy lives so but for me personally that was one thing that really did help me learn about myself and frankly just kind of the world around us too and you know, everything that's a little simpler than we all think it is out there, you know, and uh, just be fucking kind to one another at the end of the yes. day. Um, Don't be a dick. Yeah. Don't be a dick. That's just, yeah, that's that's a whole nother story itself. But <laughs> say your um, please and thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's I write, not... I write probably 60 to 100 emails a day at my job, and 85 of them start with please. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 the magic word. Um, it is. I uh, the most proud I've ever been of my son hmm. was we went we were at a magician with a whole bunch of other kids, and the magician asked all the kids, "What's the magic word?" And my son yelled, "Please!" <laughs> <laughs> and how because, old, how old is he? He's ten now. This was, uh, I believe, his fifth birthday. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. So, and funny enough, uh, my mother said uh my myself and my brother did the exact same thing like 35 years before that <laughs> and it was like her favorite story so for that to come again i was like all right i made it as a father there you go that's <laughs> that that's that's living the dream yeah um, so with like ritalin and lithium listed i'm a i'm a tad older than you are brunner a little bit older than you are brett so ritalin was relatively new when i was a kid Yes. Um, like they weren't diagnosing people. Um, you know, I was just like the generation just before that. Uh, so it seems like Ritalin was like the first one. They put everybody on it. Um, do those things like the more you take them, do they lose their effectiveness? Um, I think so. Cause obviously they, they, uh, I've, I know I was definitely put up on the medication. Like I would take it for a little bit and then they would gradually increase it and increase it. And, but you know, like I said, like, I don't think, well, I don't think lithium or, rit- well, Ritalin might have helped, but I don't think lithium would have, uh, no matter what dosage they put me on, would have helped me at that point. Can so. you, what, so obviously I've heard of lithium, but I don't, yeah. I honestly don't really know, like, what does it actually do to you or supposed it's, to do to you? It's supposed to control both your manic and depressive episodes for being bipolar so gotcha i guess you would call it like evening you out okay yeah so you don't go too far down you don't <laughs> go too far up but it's a pretty you know intense it's a, yeah it's drug, very, yeah. very medication yeah drug and medication like i have a friend that's actually still on it and she's on a, a super super high dose but hopefully it you know it definitely helps her out as well so thank god for that yeah yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, so um I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> um but I mean Brett, let's I know we kinda alluded to it. I mean we'll get to, into it. Um I'm, we can get into it now, I guess. But um listen, we had talked to you, listen, I I don't know if people know. Um I've never been quote unquote diagnosed because I'm too stubborn to ever like admit anything. <laughs> um if there's a if there's a seventh sin, mine is definitely pride. Um <laughs> You know, so a lot of the things we're talking about here, I've never told anybody or very, very few people. Um, you know, I've battled depression probably um, 
for the better part about 32, 33 years um, now. And I think it may run in my family. Um, my dad's a lot like that. He definitely has some kind of tendencies, um, but uh, he kind of self-medicates, but I don't, you know, and stuff like that. And I think like in our family, we tend to like throw ourselves into our work. I definitely get into workaholic mode. I just blame it on wanting to build a savings, you know, for my wife and everything. But um, I think a lot of it was, I was a very active kid and I was kicked in the head a lot, like playing soccer. I mean, I probably had six or seven concussions before I was 12 or 13. I think that really kind of fucked up the chemistry in my head. Um, you know, and it, and it gets, it gets a little scary. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, but I literally, this is no joke. I've probably thought about killing myself probably three to at least three times a week, every week since I've been 13 years old. God. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I've definitely, I've, I don't know. I've got my, what I call my raccoon scars here on my arm. Uh, that was really more of a call of attention. Uh, like you're talking about a lot of times, I tend to like take the world's problems onto my own and then I forget to take care of myself and then mm-hmm. I just fucking crash. Um, I'm just too busy taking care of everybody else. And I had an episode uh, in my mid twenties where that happened. And uh, yeah, I just sliced open my arm a bunch um, on here. So I said, and I just, uh, you know, there's a couple people that I, I've told what really happened. Um, it wasn't really a suicide attempt. Um, I did hit one vein a little bit that was spurting a little bit. Well, it wasn't too bad. Um, you know, if that was a cry for help or whatnot, but you know, it's just something I, I've dealt with um, for sure. And, you know, I don't know what else to do at this point. Um, I've had a couple episodes in the past couple of years, um, you know, where there's just days I'm like, fuck it. I just want to get off social media. I just want to, you know, say fuck the podcast, fuck the wrestling. You know, I don't give a shit about anything. Um, obviously I haven't done that cause we're doing a podcast as we speak. <laughs> um, you know, so that's just kind of where I dealt with it. And people said, I, you know, kind of like the whole, like, Oh, the clown's the one, you know, that's really, you know, he's always happy all the time, but on the inside, he's the one, you know, so that's my story. Um, for sure. For, well, firstly, so. thank you for sharing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sorry, you know, oh, that yeah. that's been your, like that sucks, you know, and yeah. Hopefully this and, you know, other things can just help ease that or just make you feel a little more at peace knowing that, hey, it's out there now and you're comfortable talking. Like, I think I think that's a huge step because yeah. I know you and I had texted about this and you're like, yeah, I've not really told anyone. So just the courage to even talk about it is amazing. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um Is it just curious? Is this something your wife is aware of at all or? <sighs> Um, I guess yes. she's gonna be now. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I did, I did sit her down. Yeah, um, and did kind of you know tell her and everything, and, and I feel bad. I mean, honestly, I've got nothing to be fucking sad about. Um, both my parents are here. I've got a, a awesome set of friends. My wife is way better than I deserve. Um, you know, so there's really nothing. I've got a, a decent job. You know, we're doing pretty well. Um, and I had an episode in Idaho last summer. And I was just convinced that my wife would be better off without me. And that was, you know, so, I mean, um, and, and that was a big thing. And I just, I just clammed up and I just didn't want to do it. And we were on vacation, you know, I'm just like, 
yeah, I, I felt bad, but I was just like, yeah, she deserves someone better than I, than me. Um, you know, is anyone even going to notice if I'm gone? Even if I do do this, that whole kitten boodle, I mean, that's what I think about. I'm like, oh, well, would there be like a tribute show? Would even anyone mention or anything? Um, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, she is aware. She does know about the scars, um, and everything. And, you know, I've definitely, um, yeah, you guys have never actually met Tom the Bomb, so I've definitely cut down on the drinking. <laughs> I've heard um, of Tom the Bomb. <laughs> for sure. Um, I was always pretty good, uh, like, drinking-wise, like I said. I knew when not to drink. Like, if you're in that bad mood, I was not that person. But I did a lot of stupid shit on alcohol. Um, it wasn't really to forget because, I don't know, it's just I, I was a binge drinker. Uh, I put on some legendary just one stories where, like, I go in for just one, and next thing you know, I'm driving 80 miles an hour on the freeway, you know, pissing out the window while I'm driving. Um, actually, I've never done that. I'm making that part up. I, was trying, I, was trying to, <laughs> I would have believed you. That'd be pretty badass <laughs> if you did. Yeah. Um, no, not the drinking and driving part, but you know. Yeah. You know, but uh, you know, it's definitely that downward spiral. Like I said, you don't, you know, you don't take care of yourself because you're depressed, but you're depressed because you don't take care of yourself. It's just yeah. that. And that's the that's the cycle I I often try to break, um, but to no to no avail at this at this point. So, well, I yeah, think I've yeah. told I think I've told you this before, but you are literally one of my favorite people in my life since I met you, and I love you. Mm. And every time <laughs> I'm with you, it's incredible. Um, even though we got in our little spat about the pizza, <laughs> I was just but tired. That's just me. I can, I can get a fucking attitude sometimes. And that's one of my biggest issues that I'm trying to work on, but still fucking flares up and more so when I'm drinking as I was that night. So but I was just, I, at that point, I was just tired. I was like, <laughs> yeah. somebody please do something. I'm done. Someone make a decision. <laughs> I'm done. But no, um, you are the fucking man, and you would have one yeah. hell of a tribute show, but uh, let's not talk about that. Right yeah, now. that tribute shows. Uh, that's about forty years in the yeah. future. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to, yeah. you know, live to eighty or something like that. I always say uh, I'll be good till about seventy-five, and then my heart will probably explode. Yeah, it's <laughs> um. Admitted just one other thing. I just you know I never met your wife obviously until yeah. we came up to Milwaukee and just seeing you two interact with each other was just beautiful as well. Like I can yeah. tell, you know, mm. despite your feelings, like from an outsider, like you guys have an awesome relationship and let it be known that Tom let Bo and I sleep in his and Faith's air conditioned bedroom on beds <laughs> while he and her slept on the floor with no central air in the middle of August in Milwaukee. So that's the kind of guy Tom is. So see, that's like a hundred percent believable. You could tell me that, and yeah, just knowing Tom, that's a hundred percent believable. And Bo and I didn't realize it at first that there was no air in there, and we're like, "Tom, take your bedroom," and he's like, "No, I insist." So yeah, another incredible trip as well. Yes, yeah, that was that that was a good time. So, um, you know, and part of it was, um. You know, Brett, I, I'm not going to mention said person, but we've got a good friend of ours that we both know who had recently had a family member kill themselves. And that was one thing. And I haven't actually told this person this. I, I need to. I meant to on a trip we took. Um, but that was a big reason. Like, OK. And he, he's like, hey, see, Tom, I love you. You know, la, da, 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 just, you know, if you ever need anything and not knowing the situation. So that was that person. I don't know if they know or not, but it's, it's definitely talked me off the ledge without even knowing it, if that makes sense. So, Absolutely. um, 
but yeah, I mean, let's say it's just um, and and not to brag, but my biggest thing is like, I don't know how do I put this without sounding like an asshole, but I'm not living up to my full potential, if that makes sense. Um, why do you say that? I just like I think I could I have the talent and the abilities to do so much more with my abilities, if that makes sense. Look what you're uh, doing, podcasting, man. Like. Uh, yeah, you may not be reaching the largest audience, but it's still fucking wow. impressive and you're consistent I, and it's all great and you're featuring all kinds of different people. Yep. So uh, I'd say that's a pretty fucking great use of your talents, brother, especially mm-hmm. coming from. I mean, I think the first time I ever heard you uh, was on Good Cop, Bad Cop before we ever met or anything. Mm-hmm. I heard you on there. I'm like, this guy is the fucking man. And you had never mm-hmm. done your own podcast, Right. Right. Now look at you. You're fucking I killing think if, it. I think if you ask the Shining Wizards Discord, too, who the nicest and coolest guy is, 100% definitely would be you. Nah, it's totally Brundon, but... No, no, I'm a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but There's yeah, me, 100%. Me deflect, let's, keep, let's just keep sucking each other off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> but for um. real, you know, like, that's why... That's what friends are here for, too, yeah. is... That's why we're friends, you know, yeah. like I want to help my friends out. And like I said, I take a lot of pride and joy in being a listener, in being a soundboard right. for venting. Like I said, because it is so beneficial to me personally. I want to pay that forward to others. Yes. And I think people, you know, again, human nature is to keep it in and to not speak up. So anyone out there, even if I don't know you, if you need yeah. someone to talk to, you know, I don't. I'm not, I'm a busy boy these days, but I'll do my best to make time for you because it that shit helps. I will yeah. totally second that as well. I've I've definitely been on the uh, the ear end of a lot of like venting sessions, and just from my own experience as well, I know how much sometimes it just you know it helps to be that ear and have somebody talk and you know tell you afterwards. You know, not even tell you afterwards like everything's gonna be all right, but you know I'm glad tell somebody you know thank you for telling me all this stuff if you need to if this helps you know call me at whatever time if i can i'll you know i'm deaf so i won't hear the phone at night but (laughs) you know but uh you know i will always do my best to try and make myself available for people because you know it's good to know that there are people in your life that also will do the same for you and Brundon, I've met you twice, and I would do the same for you, brother. Damn right. Same here, man. Yeah. And I yeah. can't wait to talk more wrestling with you at some point, but that's yeah, not what we're yeah. here for today. But I'm sure it'll come up at some point. But I had a ball last time uh, yeah. with a Joe Kobashi. Woo! Oh, that was um, great. <laughs> yeah. And like, I always joke around, but it's true. It's like, and you know, like you said, Brad, I'm not good at a lot of things in life, but listening is definitely one of those things. Um, like you said, it's just nice to, to, to be a soundboard and I'm a little disappointed in myself recently just because I've taken so much energy to kind of take care of myself. I haven't really been there for people to listen to as much as I should be. Um, you know, I won't hey, get like we the, said, sorry, to cut, but you got to take care of, as we said, you got to take care of yourself first. You got to take care yeah. of yourself so you can take care of others. Absolutely. That's for sure. And those people all understand like, well, you yeah, know, well. Yeah, why why that needs to happen and everything. And I can, you know, just from knowing you the, what, two and a half years I've known you and what you said earlier, and just like you want to make sure everyone else is okay before you. And I, I that is you to a T, but 
I'm glad. And I think it sounds like, you know, you're starting to try and take better care of yourself as you should. And like Brendan was saying, we'll all be here. We're all here yes. for you. We all understand how this shit works. Well, at least I do. And I think Brendan does. I can't speak for others, but take care of yourself and uh, we'll be waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before I get all emotional, so you guys are stupid. <laughs> that, that shit, no. I'm not <laughs> crying. Um, I'm just allergic to jerks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so real quick, so kind of a background on how this this podcast started. Brendan reached out and said he wanted to talk about it, and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's gonna be me and Brendan. I'm like, well, and obviously Brett, have you been my my sensei a little bit <laughs> in this this mental health journey a little bit? Um, you know, we had talked about, you know, you and I doing like a vision quest one of these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's something like, I mean, I get space. I, I love getting spacey. I love my conspiracies. I maybe they don't necessarily le- listen, li- believe they're true. Some are not, whatever. Um, but I, I love getting spacey on any, any kind of like spirituality shit like that. And I definitely feel like there's something like blocking like that potential I was talking about earlier. Like you talked about unlocking about knowing yourself for sure. Um, and, and real quick, I'll say like, you know, before I did psychedelics, I'd always heard that like it cracks open a new part of your brain for lack of a better term. And I absolutely experienced that. Yeah. Like I said, just looked at the world a different way, looked at myself a different way appreciated nature so much fucking more than I ever did after taking psychedelics. So it's pretty wild. But like I said, it's not, it's not for everyone. It's not something you can just do willy nilly. Um, It's not a party drug, you know? Yeah. Microdosing mushrooms can be for sure. But like, if you want to learn something about yourself and that's the times I've done it, which isn't much, you know, I feel like I've always, come back with some sort of lesson or just like a different perspective on something about myself or someone or something. So it is uh, not something to do lightly. And uh, yeah, a vision quest sounds quite nice. I think I got a couple of potential tour guides for lack of a better term, but get out Um, in the fucking woods and learn. Yeah. And this, and that was the, the beauty of living out in Idaho, like that experience, um, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, like, where we lived in Idaho. Um, how I explain, we lived literally 60 miles away from the nearest stoplight. We See, were. I in picture the... Idaho just like that. Every yeah. place you live in Idaho is 60 miles away from the nearest stoplight. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we are in the middle of fucking nowhere, and it was an it was a good chance for me to de- to you know I quit my job at the bank to move out to Idaho. Um, you know, I, I'm, of course, I took a humongous paycheck, but our pickup, but that shit doesn't matter. But like you said, Brett, just being in nature um, mm-hmm. is it, fucking huge. Um, I remember one experience. I told this on uh, the podcast with my friend uh, Jimmy Ferrari. You see, the, the Blast Furnace podcast was a huge influence on my podcasting career. Uh, but I was listening to one of his podcasts, and I was out in it was, it was December in Stanley, Idaho, and like the town like shuts down or used to shut down for the winter. There's literally 63 people. Um, wow, you know, and it's actually the first national dark sky reserve in the United States, so like you can't have like you know protruding st- uh, street lights and stuff like that. And I was on my my Monday night walk, and it was the town was is like in a weird vortex, like where it gets fogged in, but you go a mile out and it's clear as day. 
Um, so I'm out on a walk and there's just, fo- and, uh, like I look back, it's so foggy. I don't even see the five street lights in town. I literally thought the power was out. Um, and I look up and there's this fucking, an asteroid storm just going off like nothing I'd seen in my fucking life. It's like 15, 20 below. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there listening to a podcast just watching this shit. It was just one of those moments in my life where I was like, this fucking rules. Yeah. Um, uh, but with, like I said, with the lack of energy, one thing, you know, Brad, I, I've referenced this because um, obviously uh, Brain Buster Boys and Good Cop, Bad Cop, when you guys were releasing like Saturday and Sunday were part of my Sunday night walk night, which was the thing I used to do to really center myself. Yeah. Um, and now that I don't have the energy for it and I haven't been doing it nearly as much as I should be, I definitely can tell it's fuck with my brain because that was a night where I would just recharge I just take a walk for two hours. I mean, yeah, it's in the city, but I get a little bit of nature on, you know, but you're just out walking. And that's, that's one thing um, my dad always taught me was walking. That's really probably saved my life more times than I can count. Um, uh, Walking is fucking great. Yeah. that's. I've never been a runner really, um, but I could go out and walk for hours, you know, and listen to podcasts, listen to music, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. And it's something I haven't been doing much either. Cause I'm so busy and I work nights and weekends. And when I'm not working, I'm exhausted. So, uh, and brain buster boys. Now we just put out episodes whenever the fuck so, <laughs> it has been very infrequent yeah. because we're both just so busy right now. But, um, well, so let me ask you this. What, um, you said you don't have the energy, but Based off what you said, I feel like doing these would probably give you the energy, at least the right. mental energy, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. But yeah, I'm just so worn out. Yeah. Like from not I taking. Feel, yeah. yeah, like I said, you know, I mentioned earlier that downward spiral, like you're not taking care of yourself. Um, So yeah, you're not working out and, you know, but you're not working out because you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, I don't really have anything to be. Yeah, my job, I work. Yeah, I do work 55, 60 hours a week. Ooh, but I work from fucking home. You know, it's not like my job is hard. You know, I listen to podcasts and watch wrestling and fucking credential dentists all day. Oh, fucking hard is that? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's something I do need to get back into doing more often. Um, I can, I, I always tell my, my life is better when I'm doing it on a consistent basis. Yeah. I'm uh, right there with you too. Cause I, a couple of years ago, definitely I was, I was walking every single morning. I would get up. 5 30 5 o'clock in the morning go walking for like an hour around my town while nothing's open and that really was like such a great time where same thing i would listen to podcasts listen to music listen you know just enjoy it while nobody's around and then eventually like i made excuses why i wasn't going out i was still like using a uh a treadmill in my basement but i was like ah i see I'm seeing skunks every morning. I don't want to get skunked. Let me uh let me yep. use the basement. But then like I would go downstairs, I wouldn't have anything to watch, I'd get bored quickly. Like uh, I'm not going to do this. So like I'm in the same boat and I just literally started walking outside again this week. Now nice. that like my oh, son yeah. is uh it helps cuz my son's out of school. I don't have to get up super early with him any anything. So, yeah, I used to go hiking more often. I'm not doing that as much. So, actually, tomorrow morning I'm going going for a hike. Nice. Oh, yeah. I could definitely yeah. use a nice hike myself. Yeah, I, I used to hike so much, and it was – I I just listened to podcasts. I, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, and I found a nice. Lord of the Rings podcast, and I would 
listen to that while I'm in the while I'm in the uh while I'm in the woods and I'm like this is like this is perfect. This is zen zen for me. Hiking is very therapeutic, yeah. no doubt about it. So it's definitely something I need to really kick my own ass and get back into. Because even though I'm in, you know, New Jersey right by New York, there's a million million spots out there that are very nice and beautiful and you know, take you away from that city feeling. Yeah, and like in and I was I get you know, people give me shit because yeah, oh Idaho is I mean, there's a trailhead literally a hundred yards from my room. I walk on my room and I'm on a trail and three miles in, I'm there's nobody around. Um yeah. and now now I gotta take you know, it I call it urban hiking, but it's the same thing, it's just different kind of beauty. You know, yeah. I see cool shit in the neighborhood, like cool houses, met some of the neighbors, you know, like, oh wow, that's a cool looking house or that's a cool yard, and I do have a little bit of, you know forces and everything and so um i do need to get back in there just to re kind of recenter myself is really what you know yeah. i'm definitely out of whack if that makes sense it completely makes sense because i've i've definitely kind of felt that lately too where i've definitely uh i've gained a bunch of weight and everything and i've you know i've really got to try and kick my own ass to get that uh changed and i feel like getting out there is uh, a good first start Absolutely. And self-motivation, especially when dealing with depression and anxiety, is almost an impossibility sometimes. You know, like I said earlier, my darkest times was probably January through March of 2022. And I bet January and February, most days I wouldn't even get out of bed until two, three o'clock for the first time in the day. Yeah, And just kind of lay in the dark, blackout curtains, just wallowing in self-pity and not knowing what the hell I'm going to do next and being $25,000 in debt. And, you know, I had a great career, you know, and gave it up to work with one of my best friends and, you know, no regrets at all. Like we had some incredible times. We made some, it was a lot of, we did like video production photography. Like we made some incredible work but he had a lot of debt personally and business that I didn't know about when I walked in that just, we just could never really overcome. So, you know, for three years I would go sometimes two, three months at a time without getting a single dime. And I'm working way harder than I ever have in my entire life. And it took me a long time just to walk away from that, you know, cause I was so loyal to him. I know he's got his own a lot of personal issues and family issues that he's dealt with his entire life. And he's been, he was always my, like my number one. Like if I needed to, if I knew I needed to go someone, it was him. So like, we'd always kind of been that for each other, but it was hard to leave. because I knew like me leaving, I knew it was going to put him in a much tougher spot, but it got to a point where I needed to, I finally did something for me. Cause I knew the situation was not working for me anymore, but in the wake of all that was misery for a while. And I will say, Tom, you said earlier when you're kind of in fuck everything mode, you even said fuck wrestling. Well, that's the one thing I didn't say fuck to because mm-hmm. I got even more obsessed as you've seen, Tom, the spreadsheets <laughs> I do I know with, the match, spread, yeah. with match ratings that's when I started really digging into that was early 2022 and obsessing. And it's like, well, this is the one thing in my life aside from my family and some friends that like is giving me any joy. And 
it's always been there for me and it'll always be there for me. And um, I know we're, this isn't necessarily a wrestling podcast anymore, but we're all mm. obviously big wrestling fans. And I'd like to think that you guys probably both have similar stories of when you were down and out and, you know, maybe wrestling was the only thing that worked for you, but I got obsessed and uh, I haven't taken a step back since, even though I'm, you know, <laughs> now out and working and happy again and, you know, living a much better life. Uh, wrestling has not gone away. It's only kind of getting more intense. So two podcasts now, you know, on pace for like 704 plus star matches this year. It's <laughs> just fucking ridiculous, but I love it. And it, yeah, so it, there's, it, there's so much wrestling and it's just something that, it's so good to have in your life because, you know, like when you're as funny as it sounds, when you're down and you're something, it can really like kick your ass out of it. And it's, you know, sometimes it's you need something to keep you busy also to uh-huh. keep your mind at, away from all that stuff and everything, keep you focused. And, you know, there's fucking 200 shows a day or whatever <laughs> at times. Yeah. So. And yeah, thousands that, that, that have can... happened in the past that you can yes. always click on access. with one button. Yeah, access. And then, you know, thousands key. of people talking about it in yep. the past. Or... Yep. When that, yeah. A huge thing for me as well is meeting people through wrestling. And Tom, like you, like you and many others, I would consider like really, really good friends who I've met yes. in person multiple times. Right. And like that was part of a saving grace for me too because – you know, before I started podcasting and my co-host wasn't even a wrestling fan, I kind of <laughs> had to goad him into it. Um, but I had one person in my life, my my buddy Azar, who Tom has also gotten to know very well. Who's um, coming out Monday also for a watch along. <clears throat> she plugged. There you go. <laughs> he was the only person in my life that I could talk to about New Japan and just all the old All Japan and whatever it may be. Now I have like 30 fucking people and it's awesome. And I just feel like I have this whole new community of friends who, you know, a lot of the people we all collaborate with know each other as well. It's like, we all know Kevin Rogue and, you know, other, I'm sure a million other people like that, Tom, you and I definitely have a ton of mutual friends as well, Tim, but that's been a huge thing for me too. Like in times where I'd be on a live stream with 10 other podcasters for four hours just drinking having fun you know not always drinking but sometimes i'd get drunk and others but it's just like awesome and to have just this community of people um is amazing and you know because it's something we all grew up wrestling fans and we were the weird kids for it you know maybe not in 1997 98 99 when it was going crazy like that but generally yeah yeah yeah, my 100%. school, like everyone was into it, like in fourth school, cool. fourth grade, yeah. like in 98, like I would say more God. kids were into it than not, but it was a very short time span. Yeah. yeah. 98, 99. Yeah, that's like it. I, I can remember in like 96 or something like that. There was like a very small group of us that liked wrestling. Yeah. This is like right as the NWO started. Yeah. Austin's how old are you if you don't mind me asking uh well I am 41 okay gonna be 42 very very soon nice so I'll I'm 35 that. so you're a little older so I yeah. was literally in fourth grade when in 1998 and that'll always be one of the most memorable years of wrestling for me 
I didn't have cable growing up. So I would have one friend tape raw and one friend tape nitro. It wasn't every week, but it was the, and I Tuesdays I would get both tapes and watch them. And like, that's kind of how I really got into wrestling. Um, But I guess back to the point, it was this little niche thing for nerds only. And yeah, while we're all still nerds, there's a million more of us and we're all together and, you know, we can all share our opinions and love of this and get in arguments and debates and whatever. But, uh, it's fucking great. You don't have to just debate, you know, olives or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Brett, this is going to make or break our friendship. What's your opinion on olives here, by the way? I am anti-olive. Oh, man. It just <laughs> adds up, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm also oh. a picky eater, though. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Um, what I'm is here if you need to vent. Am I... <laughs> Do I hang out with like the five people in the world that hate olives? I told uh, you, like everybody else me. in my family, except for my son, who's also a very picky eater, all love olives. Do you hate it's them too? Ev- I hate them. I Fuck despise yeah. them. <laughs> but him and Will yeah, both. Yeah, Will. Uh. You had he had a podcast of people last week who hated all olives. hate olives. Every single one of them. You do again. You do again this week. <laughs> Damn it. I bet Bo likes olives. He's he'll eat anything. Well, I he's, need to have I need to have. He's the anti picky eater. I'm unfortunately a picky eater, but hey, I like what I like. So sorry. Yeah. I am. Yeah, I will. Obviously, I am not a picky eater. <laughs> um, unless it's great. I don't. I don't. I won't eat grapefruits or beets. Uh, oh, I remember f- that about beets. I think we talked about that. Like I, I'll eat my yeah. uncle's candied beets. That's it. But, um, but as a joke one time, Faith made me made a um a smooth a beets and grapefruit smoothie, and I knew it, and I and I tried it. I really did. There's great. a video out there. She sent it to me. I tried it, and I still fucking it was the worst thing ever. Ugh, um, that is but, great. But it's funny though. I've got this really. Um, Faith got me because she spent a year and a half in Indonesia, uh, and there's this drink called um, Bokari Sweat. It's like a Japanese Gatorade, mm. but it's grapefruit mm. flavored. But I fucking love it. <laughs> So figure that shit out. Um, but anyways, uh, back to back to the the mental health conversation here, real quick. Um, yeah. So Brent, obviously, you said wrestling got you through uh, a lot of dark times. How about you for or, um, for you, Brendan? Um, I definitely had a lot of dark times throughout middle school and high school. Um, being diagnosed ADHD and. Uh, I guess uh, they said I was learning disabled also. That's... So I got moved into, uh, I got moved into, I guess, like a special like type of school for people. It was like a mix of people who had ADHD, but also people who got kicked out for being like thugs or, you know, future criminals and stuff like that. And unfortunately, that was like, the next like five years of my life and you know i didn't really fit in i didn't fit in with those people except for maybe a couple couple of them so that really uh that was a pretty dark time in my life i eventually uh started skipping school a lot uh i got left back my junior year because i skipped so much school just because i i didn't want to go and face those people so um eventually uh i was not like leaving my room really i was not sleeping at night i was sleeping during the day and uh 
I uh, was uh, sent to a hospital for six days. Damn. So that, uh, but that, I would say that was the kind of start of really turning around. Because I, I, as I met a lot of people or a couple of people in there that really, like, we, we all knew we were fucked up and had issues but we all kind of like bonded with it so it wasn't like you know it wasn't like the uh stereotypical everybody's in a straitjacket it was just you know people that needed a time out from life for a while yeah. and uh went to an went to an a- uh outpatient program for a while and same thing and uh Soon thereafterwards, my mom realized that the current school I was at wasn't helping when I skipped all but like four days in a month. <laughs> and thankfully, like uh, my school system and her collaborated and got like a uh, I guess you would call it a social worker mm-hmm. who found a the boarding school I went away to. And that like really like changed my life completely. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll shout her out. I'm I'm pretty sure she's had long passed on, but her name was uh, Marilyn Aaron's, and she knew somebody around me that actually, or in a surrounding town that went to that same school, and she was like, "I think this will this will help you more than the where you're currently going." And okay, it was out in Connecticut, so it wasn't like too far away because originally, like. At first, just the school system was telling my mom, like, oh, you know, we got programs we could send them to. There's one out in Utah. And my mom's like, I'm never going to see him if I send him out to Utah. Okay, how about uh, Minnesota? She's like, I'm going to see him twice a year. I don't have money to fly him back and forth or fly myself. So when they found Connecticut and it's a two hour drive, that was, uh, you know, that was a deal breaker. (sighs) How long long were you at the school? Uh, I was at the school actually uh january i want to remember january 5th to 1999 was my first day there and uh i graduated the next year august of uh what was that 2000 i had to it's been so long i had to think so i was there for about a year and a half i met some of like the coolest people staff and uh students i've ever known i'm still in touch with a whole bunch of them uh 20 something years later but it was kind of the same thing where we were all we all knew we were suffering we all knew we had issues and we all not all everybody but we all had good groups of friends that really would uh help us out so it really like was like an instant change for me like it maybe like month or two, like I felt like a different person completely. Nice, so. yeah, yeah. Because when you originally said boarding school, I was like, "Geez, Brennan, just steal a car and got sent out." So, <laughs> um, no, so- it was it was like a therapeutic uh, boarding school. So, <clears throat> wow, it was uh, you live there, you live with staff, but you know you go to a psychiatrist, you go to therapy twice a week. Um. God damn. It was it was strict. It, you know, you had to be at every meal, you had to check in with staff. You know, when you first started there, you couldn't even get away from the staff, but then eventually you had to check with them 
every 15 minutes, every 30 minutes, every hour, you know, as you, you know, as, as you go, you, you get more privileges and everything. How many other like kids, students were like, was it all kind of one group? You know, was it different like classes or just kind of how did it work out? It was, I believe there were 96 or so students, pretty much. That was the average while I was male, Male and female? Thankfully, yes. That was another (laughs) deal breaker for my mom. She's like, I'm not sending him to an all-boys school. He has to... Hey, I'm the product of an all-boys high school. (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah, but there you could see women. I would have been. Yeah, uh, there was an all girls high school right across the street. There you so, go. Yeah. yeah, I would have been sent away to yeah. live with a bunch of people. Yeah, that would have, yeah, totally. That might have been a bit much, but yeah, they so they had dorms where anywhere from ten to twelve kids. Um, they had <clears throat> what they called honor dorms where you didn't live with staff, and that was like four to five kids at a time. So and then uh, you said, um, did you did you ask to go back and give a speech, or did they come to you, like uh, as an alumni, as you know? So there's actually we have a Facebook page of like Gro- it's called the Grove School. It's in Madison, Connecticut, and uh, we had like a Facebook page of former students. <clears throat> so and then some of the staff are actually on there as well. So one of the administrators said, "Hey, you know." We're going to do so. We used to, you know, give speeches ourselves. But this year, I think this was 2015. They said, uh, oh, we're, we'd like to have some kids uh, come back. and Well, not kids anymore, but former students come back and uh, talk. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, I'd love to do that. And he's like, you know, great. You know, you're you're on. So it was like uh, they had a Memorial Day was always like a parents weekend. So they would invite all the parents up Memorial Day weekend and Memorial Day just because they knew it was easy for people to get up there. Because there were people literally from all over. It was mainly like Massachusetts and my area based, but there were people from uh, Washington, D.C., from the Midwest, from California. There's one guy from Cairo, Egypt. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, that was really the easiest day to get up and go there. So, yeah, yeah, he booked that, me and I showed up. Yeah, that's crazy. That school actually sounds very forward thinking. I'm actually rather impressed. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I got to go out there with my mom. Or not my mom, uh, my wife. Jeez, my wife. <laughs> what a mistake that was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was another uh, friend of mine that I had from my uh, that I graduated with that uh, spoke as well. Nice. And then a few other people from uh like years before and years after there's uh let's say like six of us so it was really cool to you know go up and tell my story of how this place you know i was i was basically like on a road to like shit basically and then i came get went there and like literally changed my life you know not that i was like when i graduated i was you know ready for the world or problem free but i was certainly in a far better place than I was a year and a half before that. Wow. Yeah. And I, I can't, yeah, I just have to imagine that a bad, uh, very therapeutic, uh, therapeutic um, experience for you going back. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was such a different place, but it, it was really cool to go back and, you know, a lot of the staff was there and I got to thank them again for, you know, helping me out and, 
Yeah, there was one time where I was supposed to I went home for a weekend and I was supposed to I was supposed to go back and I wouldn't get off the couch. I just like locked up and I was like not going to go and my mother like called one of the administrators and said like I don't know what to do and he told her to tell me like don't want to lose this place. Like this we're we're just getting going with you you don't want to lose this place and i really never forgot that and mm. made sure i thanked him for it because that nice. really uh they really stuck in with me and he was right i didn't didn't lose that place and because if i did i i wouldn't be here talking to you guys right now for sure well awesome. for, yeah i don't mean to speak yeah. for brett but we're thankful that you went so yes i Thank am you. <laughs> for, for, for sure so um, yeah, for me, like as, as a kid, yeah, I was I was a wrestling fan. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't really obsessed with it. But my big thing was always was music. Mm-hmm. Um, music's been yeah. my has, has always been my therapy, and I can tell along with walking, like when I'm not listening to as much music as I should be, um, I also get like off balance. Um, you know, music's been the thing, and unfortunately, I don't say unfortunately, but now, like I said, it's, it's been kind of definitely replaced by wrestling a little bit, and because uh, I go to way more wrestling shows than I do concerts. Same. Um, mm-hmm. but they, and now it, it seems like I listen to more podcasts about music than actually listening to music. Hmm. Um, that yeah. happens to me with wrestling a lot of times, too. I'll listen to podcasts about wrestling and actually not watch said wrestling. Yeah. Uh, um, which is good and sometimes bad, but I mean, uh, podcasting or podcast is really, you know, and Brett, I mean, not to suck. I mean, while we're sucking <laughs> each other's dicks and everything, um, I mean, there's been numerous times where like, yeah, I'm out on a walk, just listen to you and bull, man. It was, it was great therapy, you know, yeah. whether if it's just a walk around the, the neighborhood or anything. So whatever, what you guys do, you know, makes a difference. Well, thank you. That you means know? a lot. And yeah, I mean, we and, certainly have fun doing it. So, uh, and you know, yeah. same to everyone, you know. I've listened, you know, I don't listen to your show every week, I'll say, but I definitely right. tune in and out from all the different shows. And same thing, like just hearing you guys talk old Ring of Honor is fucking great because it's shit that I've never seen. But all guys that I know and am aware of, and yeah, it's I'm right back at you, man. Like podcast. And again, when you know the people doing it, it makes right. it that much better, too. Yeah. So just back to that conversation of getting to meet so many great people in this I've, wrestling podcasting community. I've noticed that I've moved, I used to listen to Austin and Jericho and Jim yep. Ross yep. and all these guys. And now I never listen to them because I'm, I'm right to there with you, the wizards and Tom and you guys and, you know, Mark order and all that. And so, yeah, I've completely like changed courses and, the podcast I listen to. I've told Kevin Rogue this many times, but I would say three, four nights a week, I fall asleep to the year of Duke and Rogue. <laughs> like that I don't is know no, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> that is no, it's just become, it, 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 he kind of, we kind of joked about that as well, but it is absolutely <laughs> a good thing because like I'm someone I've never had, I've never been like the best sleeper in my life you know i've always mm-hmm. not an insomniac. i wouldn't say an insomniac but i've just never been a good sleeper i've never been someone that falls asleep it's more like getting to sleep than staying asleep except when i was like in the throes of entrepreneurship and depression it was always i'd wake up in the middle of the night and not fall back asleep but that's one thing weed has helped me with tremendously is getting to sleep absolutely so like i've always been someone that's had the tv on or like i need yeah. something on 
I always have a fan going. So like Seinfeld is always, that was back <laughs> in the day, something I would always go to because it's something I've seen so many times. I'll watch old wrestling constantly, you know, like 80s, 90s, WWE, you know, some WCW stuff, like 90 Raws from 1998 when I was watching it because that shit gives me all the nostalgia because I remember yeah, watching right. it on tapes. But podcasts, you know, as I've gotten older, has become another thing that I'll put on when I go to sleep. And theirs seems to do it. You know, it's not like I'll go right out and it's I'll listen to the same shows over and over sometimes and just go like, oh, I'll go halfway through this one. But like it is a high compliment to them because like, yeah, I love their show and those guys are so good. And it's just become such a part of my routine and my life at this point. It's kind of bizarre, but it's just like. You know, I'll have wrestling on, turn the lights off. I guess Duke and Rogue, here we go. Um, another one that's done that for me lately is the apron bump. I don't know if hmm. you guys know Kyle. Yep. Um, I've been on his show like three or four times. I'm actually recording with him again tomorrow for, funny enough, Slamboree 96, which was a favorite of mine of Duke and Rogue. Um, I don't know. <laughs> if you, it's the one, it's a battle bowl tag team tournament, and there's oh. like... 12 tag matches and they're all short and they just did a thing because teddy long was someone's manager at this time in wcw and they're like man smackdown gm teddy long would love it because it's all tag team matches and then <laughs> they'd start doing this we're gonna have ourselves a tag team match <laughs> and like these dudes just geek me out so much so yeah it is the highest compliment um, that I go to sleep to their show multiple times it's a funny, week, even I, though it sounds horrible, but it is yeah. just the opposite. I have a mix of what you said at one point because I used to fall asleep to uh, the Brian and Vinny Alvarez show. Oh, yeah. But I would fall asleep to them talking about the 98 Raws and the mm -hmm. 98 Nitros and everything. So it's like the same mix. It's like a podcast and, you know, Attitude Era Raw and shit like that. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I'm the same thing. I, I always, even like back to like the mid 2000s, I had like, I used to buy all the like shoot interviews and shit like that. So I would fall asleep listening to, you know, Steve Carino or just incredible talk to Rob Feinstein. Yeah. I've always loved <laughs> that type of stuff to, you know, Chris Van Vliet, you know, he's kind of a big, wrestling interviewer now he's really good yeah you know all the sorts of old wwe network documentaries like that shit i'll fall asleep oh, to great. some did you yeah. ever see those old it was i don't know when they recorded them maybe mid 2000s they were called legends of wrestling yep the, it was just the like paddles, the round right? tables i that love shit those. is fucking great yeah that was the original <laughs> network too where yes they you would order it it would be it like was like a, a tv channel yeah it was a tv channel that you would have to pay like eight bucks or something like yeah. that and you'd get like two raws a pay-per-view mm -hmm. and you know a legends of wrestling or something like that yep yeah Great that shit. was uh that was good shit <laughs> oh that's such <laughs> good <Yeah>. shit <laughs> um so but you brett you said obviously the weeds helping you with it with your sleeping now though oh yeah i mean you know it's not like it's not gonna knock me out right away every night but yeah that's why i've become a consistent weed smoker and I don't smoke during the day much. You know, if I have an off day, like, you know, last right. sun, like my off days now. So I work at a, I manage a bar slash restaurant and we're open till two on the weekends now. So I'm like, I'm the closing manager. So I'm like 7 PM to three ish AM. 
And, you know, it's a lot of, it's all nights pretty much. So like so by the time Sunday comes around, I'm just spent, but like this Sunday, the Reds played at like 1:40, and I got up and smoked the bowl and watched a win and it was beautiful. And then I went out and had a great night with my friends. So like, generally I've done a good job of like cutting down on my like midday smokes. And obviously I'm not doing it at work or anything like that, but definitely an evening thing for me. And yeah, absolutely. I think I started smoking like with consistency in like 2016 and yeah, mm-hmm. my sleep has definitely gotten better since then for sure. Yeah. Cause awesome. yeah. Sleep and, is- and edibles too, you know, cause um, I have asthma, which fucking sucks. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, not too bad unless like it's allergy induced asthma. So usually like spring and fall, it's worse. Um, so like right. I definitely try to get, you know, more edibles, but admittedly my tolerance is a little high, but um, and that's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to go on a different tangent here. Um, one thing that first, like d- doing the entrepreneur thing, and then after kind of the depression, like since the last like four and a half years, I've gotten a much, much better relationship with my parents, especially my dad. Um, he's an ex-Marine, hard ass, um, now like 12 ish years sober but he never he was always away like he was never really drunk in front of us like his my mom made sure he kept that shit out of the house but like we knew something was going on right but like that is one of the things i'm happiest the most about in the last four years is my relationship with my parents and like i said especially my dad just the openness you know from me from him so i guess relating that to weed um, like last year when I was kind of going through, you know, the hardest times was, and I'm sure my dad knew, but my mom's, you know, a little more naive. She's never drank or smoked or done anything like that in her life. But I like opened up to them like, Hey, I'm kind of a pothead. I smoke a lot of weed, but it's because it helps me sleep. Yes, of course I'll abuse it from time to time, but like it has truly been a benefit to my life overall for sure. And, you know, that's something I never would have told my mom, like even a year prior to that, just like just something, you know, I wasn't I wouldn't have been comfortable or didn't want to know how she she would react. And um, so just, yeah, that strengthening of that relationship with them has been a beautiful thing in my life. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. And I uh, like I said, with my with my parents, too, that I'm very closed off. Because me, I mean, I'm protective. I, I mean, I'm sure they know some things, but like, you know, the scars on my arms, my parents, they, they, to this day, they probably know I'm lying because it just doesn't make sense. You know, because I told them I got scratched by a raccoon. It doesn't really look like I got scratched by a raccoon, I was going to say. Plus, there's a big cigarette burn right in the middle there, so that doesn't help either. But, um, you know, it's just like I've never really, you know, they don't. I mean, they know I drank. Um, they don't. I mean, with the drugs, I haven't taken a lot of drugs, but I mean, um, cocaine is always was my thing for. I wouldn't say for a long time, but being a bartender, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then you go, you know, travel in South America. It's just, it's a whole nother level. Um, you know, I I nearly OD'd in Bolivia, um, a couple times, and then I know my life kind of hit a point where I'm like snorting coke off of fucking the back of a fucking toilet with some guy from a Disney movie, um. Damn. We were buying we were buying coke from this guy named Nemo. So um, <laughs> you know, that was definitely one of those those eye-opening moments. 
uh, for me. I, I've been pretty lucky. Like I said, I've been able to walk away from like substances. Um, you know, I finally figured out how to have just one. I was, I mean, I wouldn't say I was really an alcoholic, but I was definitely a fucking binge drinker. Um, I mean, I would, I would do a bartender on a Sunday morning shift, and I'm not kidding. I would do an easily 25, 30 shots in a shift. Wow. Easy. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like I said, and, and crawl out of there. It was, you know, but it get to the point where like I'd start drinking and then I would get, um, I get super depressive. I remember one time, actually I was in your neck of the woods, Brad. I was on a, a brewer's red strip and we were <laughs> outside a bar in Covington, uh, right there on the river. Yeah. I was fucking wasted. Been drinking Jack Daniels and fucking Miller light for four days. And I was sitting there in the river and I was this close to just jumping in. I'm like, fuck it. I'm done. Yeah. And I don't know why I was having a great time. Almost got arrested like six times. It was there with my boys. You know, the brewers suck, but, you know, whatever. And, you know, it was just one of those moments like I probably should really slow down on, on the binge drinking. So, um, well, I'm glad it, you didn't jump in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, even like I said, as recently, the first time I went down to St. Louis, I, uh, you know, I went down there and I had a couple beers and I just got, you know, if JCB hadn't called me and said, hey, why don't you come out and hang out afterwards? I just went back to my hotel room and cried. You know, so I don't know if he even knows that. It was just, it was weird. So, um, well, he's the fucking man too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's for sure. So I, I've learned, yeah, I mean, I could have my just one, but other than that, I'm good. So, yeah, for me, drinking, I wouldn't, I've never been close to alcoholism or anything like that. But of course, you know, drank a good amount in college. I was in a fraternity, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, even after college, did my fair share of partying. Absolutely. And now that I, and then kind of cooled off on it for, I never cut it out. Um, but definitely, honestly, once I started smoking more weed, my drinking went way down, which yeah. that was a good thing as well. Um, but the last year plus back in the restaurant industry, Tom, like you said, you know, it's more prevalent. Um, so I'm not, I, I don't drink a ton, but I drink more than I was before I was working in restaurants, but also I live like 20 plus minutes away from work. So that kind of helps make, you know, I'll have a drink or two after a shift or something here and there. And, but I don't really go out beyond that. I'll just go home. Um, so now it's more like, you know, I'm having a twisted tea right now, but you mm-hmm. know, I'm just at home chilling. But in terms of like, it's more like special occasions or someone's having a, like, or third of July because I had to work the fourth, but like, um, actually my parents came down, which was lovely. We had dinner, took them to the bar. I work at showed them, got to meet people, had a couple drinks there and then went to a friend's cookout. Um, that was very close and it was, you know, a cooler full of drinks and I was sucking them down and I had a great time. So, so, but just, I'm not really sitting around the house slamming them or, you know, anything like it's, responsible drinking for the most part so yeah i i've never been a sit home and get drunk kind of guy myself i don't think i i mean i can come on one hand times i've even done that i'm a yeah. very social drinker yeah uh, for sure but uh but speaking of, of drinking brendan so obviously i know you don't drink or anything um nope. is, is it no have you ever yeah um, so okay. i did i was never really a big drinker i quit drinking i think it was like three months Four months after I turned 21, ironically. Oh, yeah. wow. But, uh, like, I, at that time in my life, I was getting uh, pretty depressed. Uh, I don't know why, really. It was just, you know, I was going through a rough patch for kind of no reason. 
And I caught myself a few times just at home by myself, like, all right, I got nothing else to do. I'm, you know, just going to drink. And so, like, one night I was actually out at a friend's party and I was just, like, super depressed. And I, I was just like, I'm going to get fucking hammered. Fuck this. And then I I was able to catch myself and be like, you know, this isn't good. This um, I do have a lot of alcoholism in my family. Uh, my father was uh alcoholic, but stopped drinking when I was really young. I think I was like five or six years old, and he's he's never gone back to it, thankfully. So I knew, you know, I I don't know how much it's for real, but that's in my genes and everything. So I just that night I just stopped completely, stopped drinking, and I haven't looked gone back since. Nice, that's, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah. So that was two thousand and two. I want to say so it's been over 20 years damn yeah I I quit ironically uh, that same night I quit drinking went right back to cigarette smoking (laughs) (laughs) you gotta have Uh, something yeah Yeah. that's what I said I was like fuck it I need something but uh, by about 2005 I stopped everything and uh I've been actually straight edge ever ever since I haven't had drink smoke drugs or anything and not that I'm against it yeah, I'm completely not against it. You know, if you know, if it helps you or, if you know, you could do it and not go out and like, you know, kill somebody or, you know, make bad choices. More power to you. Drink, smoke, do it, do whatever you want. I'm a kind of weird straight edge guy for that that <laughs> thing where I'm definitely not against it at all. But it's, well, just, yeah. you know, it's I mean, not for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I'm lucky, like, I've never had, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, Brett, you saw it. I mean, I didn't drink much when you guys were up here. Yeah. But, man, I'm like, I was, but I was like, I'm being, you know, I was having fun through you guys having fun. So I was like, okay, I'll be the sober guy, make sure we all get home, make mm-hmm. sure nothing happens, you know, if we got to fuck somebody up, you know, I'll be the first one there, even though I can't fight my way out of a white paper bag. Um, <laughs> You know, I've been pretty lucky that way. So, I mean, I can be around it. It's not a big deal. Um, yeah, you know, I feel I, like I, you'd maybe have one, like you said, one at a bar, or yeah, yeah. maybe one later on. But yeah, I don't think Bo drank at all at that fourth wall show either. <laughs> I think he and yeah. Diesel combined for like 12 margaritas, <laughs> and they're not cheap there, and they're not good either. Um, oh, that, that, so that, that's, that's gut rot by that point of the trip because that was like the third night and we uh, <laughs> yeah. we we'd driven to Madison earlier that day and back and I remember um, I was quite hungover on that drive to Madison and I, we got the chads and I think I like kind of forced myself to throw up and then I was golden <laughs> but like when we got oh. to that show I was like my liver can't take anymore and I probably had like a couple of beers but yeah, I was toast at that point, but Bo and Diesel, they were still putting them down. But that was yeah. that was a great I mean yeah. great trip overall. But yeah. Yeah. And I can I can puke and rally. That was always kind of my thing too. Like people are like, Oh, you threw up. I'm like, Yeah, I just made more room, asshole. What the fuck do you know? <laughs> you know, I I if I've missed horsely, I was puking twelve minutes into my twenty first birthday. So, but I mean, I did I did twenty one shots in twenty one minutes on my twenty first birthday. So, of course, you did. If I hadn't thrown up, I probably would. You know, so I remember my thing. It wasn't anything extreme like that, but we went there's a bar like pretty much right off Louisville's campus called the Granville. That was like the big campus bar. Um, And my whole thing is, I went down the beer tap 
and had every single beer they had on tap. And that was kind of my my thing. And of course, I'm sure I was doing shots and shit, but that was my 21st birthday extravaganza. I had a crazy time going to a diner and ordering a Heineken. <laughs> and that was that was my 21st birthday. Oh, no. I was a, I was always the oldest one in my group of friends, so I was the first one to turn 21. Uh, yeah. So not like we didn't drink, but like we couldn't go out to a bar and everybody, you know, drink or get hammered on my uh, 21st. And then I quit drinking four months later. So. <laughs> Yeah, because because in Wisconsin you can bartend at eighteen. So I was bartending when I was just I was just about to turn twenty when I started bartending. So I was hanging out in bars, but and in Wisconsin you can drink in the bar with your parents. So I'd <laughs> always go with my. I mean, I always tell people my first bar fight was when I was fourteen. <laughs> you know, so um, you know, because you could sit in the bar with your dad. I'd be sitting there drinking black sambuca and you know <laughs> drinking fucking Miller Jim and Draft. So. Why the fuck my dad gave me black sambuca? I don't fucking know. Oh. <laughs> Wisconsin's um, a wild place when it comes yeah. to the alcohol. Yeah, it's definitely a definitely a way of way of life, um, oh, for yeah. sure. So, um, now if this is getting a little too personal or anything, but um, obviously, Brett, with your your parents, um, you know, your relationship was a little bit strained. Obviously, as a kid, do you think that obviously contributed much to your depression at all, or it was just no? Life? And on it, well. No, and my my mom and I never had. We've always had a great relationship. It was more me and my dad. We're both similar in the like I said, kind of short fuse. I have it sometimes. Like I get that from him. We would just get in arguments about shit, shouting. And it, I was a little shit at times, absolutely. And that's something you know. Now knowing myself better, looking back on, I can realize you know why he would treat me that way. And he was teaching me hard lessons for sure. Um, but no, my mom and I, my mom is a saint, you know, I fucking, she's been the best part, you know, best part of my life. Um, but just to get that growth with my right. dad, like nice. that was the specific thing, but cool. no, I, you know, mine was all mostly circumstantial and I guess I haven't really said this, but so, and you know, the opposite of Brunden, and I don't know exactly like what your high school experience, Tom or child, but like I was fortunate, you know, I was raised in a good household, middle, you know, upper middle class, you know, didn't have to struggle for anything, went to Catholic school, you know, very privileged and fortunate for all that, um, you know, was not like the popular kid, but I was well liked and, you know, part of you know, just I was one who would kind of bounce around different friend groups. You know, I just like to mix it up with different people. So, like, like I said, I didn't really hit my depression and darkness didn't happen till my like early 30s. But I also never really had any like loss in my life um, until my grandpa passed away in 2015. Mm -hmm. Um so my grandmother was always the one in much, much worse health. She had multiple sclerosis and just oh, other things wrong. They were living in an assisted living facility, but he was still in good health at like in his mid eighties and he could push her wheelchair around. And like, he took care of her. Absolutely. And he fell one time and for an old person, you fall. That can be, I think he got pneumonia and was dead a month later. Yeesh. So like that was tough. Um, and then my grandma kind of slowly, probably in the next year, like she was done. So she passed away. And, the, you know, those are grandparents. It happens. It's expected. But those were the first two, like, 
real loss death I'd have to deal with, but the one that hurt the most and affected me the most absolutely was two years after that my uncle took his own life. Um, And admittedly, I'm someone who always kind of thought that suicide was a coward's way out and just never, you know, that's just, I'd never experienced it before. So that completely changed my tone and, you know, I'm not going to get into his situation by any right. means here. Um, but, you know, when it happens to you or, you know, a very, very close family member and like he was a, a sports writer in Cincinnati for 36 years, well-respected, covered everything in town, you know, mostly did like University of Cincinnati stuff but it covered the Reds Bengals. So like when I was working in sports, I got to like be in locker rooms with him some, like he would cover the Reds when I worked there, like on occasion and same with the Bengals. Like he wasn't their beat writer, but like he'd be there sometimes. And to like see him in that light, it kind of made us closer. And like, I'm working with a lot of his friends. Um, And he and I were always close because we always shared that love of sports and so when he when that happened, obviously that changed a lot, changed how I viewed suicide. You know, I I completely understand why he did it. It fucking sucks and it still hurts, but like I get it. So I can't ever, ever and will never, ever, you know, say again that suicide is cowardly or whatever, because it's not everyone's fucking circumstances are different and I'm not going to judge that. And so um probably that was th- the day before Thanksgiving 2018 yep. the first time I took acid was 12 15 18 so about mm. 3 weeks later and about 5 days after that I quit my job and started working with my friends so like that was the thing that really catapult or catalyzed a lot of change in my life and really started kind of the depression but like I jumped into this new venture with one of my best friends and it was new and exciting and you know now I know it was all part of really just trying to put that shit behind me and you know focus my energy and brain elsewhere and you know I think that was what made it so hard when I gave that up like I said after three years but I just had to you know I couldn't live like that anymore and then when that was gone I had nothing. And, you know, just that was my focus. That was my distraction from my uncle passing life's problems, everything, Mm -hmm. even though that, that job certainly brought a boatload of stress that I had never dealt with or knew how to deal with. Cause now you're working for yourself. You don't have a paycheck. You got to grind. And like I said, if your partner's in debt, you ain't making shit um, some months. So, you know, it just, it was a lot. And when that was all taken away, I'm just like, now what? And, you know, I had a great career before that, but again, I just felt lost and alone. And so yeah, yeah, things have gotten a hell of a lot better since then, but that's just a, that's a key part of just my personal journey um, and change in my life. Massive, massive, massive changes happening very, very quickly. So, you know, I don't think I ever really took time or stock to like, think about all the shit that was happening so quickly. Cause I was just like, all right, I got to move forward. Got to do this. So yeah, that's kind of when it all really started for me. Yeah. And brother, did you have, um, as a kid or at all in life, really any experience with like suicides or anything like, you know, anything like that? Um, 
not particularly i've i do know people unfortunately from my uh my high school that later on uh tried to uh tried to and also did end their lives and not people i was super duper close to but you know people i knew and it's you know it sucked um i've i've never done it myself or never attempted myself but there've been a couple couple of times over the years where i was close and i was you know i could think of one time specifically where i was sitting in a bathroom floor and i had pills by me and i'm like you know am i really going to try this am i going to do this or and thankfully i didn't and yeah yeah uh, cuz you know life got much better after that but uh you know it I don't know. I don't have anybody like, like I said, I, I don't have anybody that succeeded super close to me. But yeah, definitely uh, know, know quite a bit of people from my past that uh, unfortunately did and couldn't deal with uh, the pressures of life. Unfortunately, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Mm. I always i I said this to somebody else. It's like you know. Death is harder on the living than it is the person who's dead. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. you know, and it, it sounds hypocritical coming from me, but yeah, it is selfish. But, you know, like you said, Brett, you never know what people are going through. Um, you know, and, I mean, admitted, yeah. sorry, no, admittedly, like once, so my mom was, it was her brother and her, their other sibling lives out of town. So she was the family member dealing with all of this. And, once I, I mean, I personally read the note, you know, like I got to hold the note and read it. And like, that's when I understood. Yeah. Yeah. So like that at least gave me not closure by any means, but it made me understand more because I don't think I would have. And again, he'd been going through a lot in the previous years before that. And then my mom, like I said, she was the main one kind of trying to take care of him and, um, so I was more privy to it. And again, just to read that note and see that note, like it made it hurt a hell of a lot more, but it did make me understand at least a little bit. Yeah. So, and how I always explain at least how it works in my head is basically you're on like, you're like in the 40th floor of an apartment and your apartment's on fire and the fire is basically your life. And it's just either your life is going to consume you or you're going to jump out the window and end it. That's mm-hmm. how it always kind of was the fight yeah. in my head. Yeah. Um. That's how things kind of work for me. Obviously it's probably different for other people, but yeah, sometimes just that fire just rage. Sometimes you keep it at bay and sometimes, you know, it just rages on and it's just like, you know, at this point it can be easier just to jump out the window um, than burn to death, which is ironic because burning to death is one of the scariest things um, I think could happen to me. So, Yes. Um, yeah, and listen, I don't know, um, you know, because, listen, yeah, in seventh grade, we had a kid killed. Well, basically, and I moved in with my dad if my parents split up in eighth grade, uh, but we, my two classes above me had lost four kids, uh, two of them to suicide, you know, so we had three suicides in one class in one year in our Man. small little high school. Um, oh, and it's funny, as a, as a kid, uh, the movie Heathers, which is technically about teen suicide, it's more ripping on the reaction to teen suicide, was one of my favorite fucking movies. Um, 
which is kind of it's a great movie. Did a great review of it. The whole kit and caboodle. Um, so I don't know if that and like I said with, you know, I I don't know why just all of a sudden like I said when I turned it like when puberty struck like depression hit. I don't know, you know. Like I said it, it could be the concussions. I wasn't really affected by my parents' divorce. Like I said, I knew it was going to happen. But I remember my asking my dad on a walk one time. I was like, "If you and mom split up, um, who am I going to live with?" And it's like five. He's like, you, "Me and your mom aren't splitting up." I'm like, <laughs> "All right, I'm going to mark this down." So and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. It just was one day, and yeah, but I'm still here. So, damn right. Hell yeah. So and then you know sometimes I um. You like the the decisions you make, like you know. Sometimes I eat too much, and sometimes that's a way the depression, suicide shows up, or you know, listen, I would drink myself till I'm throwing up all over myself, and you know, um, you know. So I've had, I don't want to say attempts, but I've definitely, there's definitely been moments where like, okay, this is it. Like I, I would think I'm like, this is what I'm gonna. Do. I, I would like. I, there's a couple times I've had a plan. Like this is what I'm gonna do. This is how I'm gonna do it. That's it. And then yeah, so. Well, I, for one, am glad you did not. Yeah. Me yeah, as so. well. <laughs> and yeah. many, so, many um, other people. Damn right. Um, so it just, uh, you know, and hopefully, listen, when, when Brendan brought up doing this, you know, hopefully our conversation helps. You know, if this conversation helps one other person out there, yeah. um, it's all worth it. So, I mean, obviously, no the therapy, you know, it's obviously seeing you guys, and I do appreciate you guys listening, uh, letting me tell the story and uh, getting it out of me. Um you know, sitting on something like that for literally 80% of your life is, you know, not easy. No. Yeah. And like I said earlier, thank you. And thank yeah. you, Brendan, as well. I mean, yeah, obviously thank you, as well. you and I barely know each other, you know, we've done one <laughs> podcast before and now we've shared our, you know, our life yeah. stories and our struggles. So this is fucking awesome. And yeah, yeah I, I love both you guys and just thank you. Yeah, I love you guys too. So, um, like yeah. I said in the beginning, you guys are not only two of my favorite podcasters, but literally two of my favorite human beings, um, mm-hmm. on the planet. So, right back at yeah. you, definitely so, right back at you. Um, well, kids, before we pull the train in the station and uh, quit recording, then we'll probably talk wrestling for a good half an hour in post production, like we did pre production. <laughs> um, is there anything else you guys would like to share, uh, with the high fivers and anyone else that listens to this? Um, I would like to share, you know, I hope anybody that's uh, going through a rough patch or rough time that, you know, listening to this shows that, you know, see how I could put this, you know, like there, there definitely are people in your life that, uh, that love you and, you know, can, will be there for you if you need it, will, would, miss you tremendously if you weren't there the next day so if this if this can wake up at least like one person from you know feeling like there's nobody out there and then you know realizing like there are people out there for you and there there's a good there's a good future for everybody out there you know what i would say this last like however long we've been going is complete success so and whether I know you or not, if you need something, you know, reach out. Find me on Twitter at Irish Misfit on Facebook on, you know, wherever the fuck. If you need it, if you need a ear to listen to, I'm always, I'm here. 
Couldn't have said it all. Couldn't have said it all better myself. Yeah, I mean, just know people are out there, even if they aren't in your life right now. You know, people yeah. people are out there. Yeah, there's a lot of shitty people in this world too. Probably more shitty people than good people, unfortunately, at this point in America. But there's still a hell of a lot of good people out there. And yeah, yeah reach out. You know, at Brainbuster Boys, Twitter and Instagram. You know, how I'll give you my phone number if you want it. I'm not going to broadcast it here, but no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you want to, I'm always here to talk wrestling too. And like I said, I got tons of match recommendations and I love it. So, uh, but yeah, just we're here for you, whoever you are out there. And again, I just, for you, Tom, you know, I can't express enough just the courage this took. And I'm really proud of you. And, uh, yeah, yeah, very happy that you are in my life. Yeah. Um. Well. Th- yeah. Thank you, guys. And I, I know this sounds like a hypocrite coming from me, because uh, I've never ever thought this. But um, like like both Brett and Brendan said, uh, there's always somebody um out there willing to listen. Uh, yes, you can call me a fucking hypocrite. Yes, Tom, take your own advice. Uh, and hopefully, maybe I will. You know, going forward. But yeah, contact any one of us. Um, you know, like I said, and sometimes just listening to other people, like Brett said earlier is therapy for, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously being a bartender for 20 fucking years, you hear everybody's fucking story. Um, but that was one of the things I always enjoyed about bartending. Um, you know, there's a lot of things not to enjoy about it, but after 20 years, you know, it's anything, but yeah. Um, yeah, just, just reach out, you know, let, I mean, you never know what someone's going through, you know, people it's like, Oh, Tom, you're so positive. I never would have guessed. So, you know, hopefully people realize, yeah. So, you know, other people do struggle, so we're all here for you. So, yeah, I would like to uh, also put over uh, a few of the special people in my life, like uh, my mother, who truly never gave up on me, even though I gave her many reasons and many headaches and many, uh, many reason, uh, many uh, said many things that I, I still think about to this day and wish I never said. But you know, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be here that for there today as well. And especially my wife too, who uh, keeps me sane. And, you know, when I uh, vent to her, she's always got a good word to uh, say and, you know, puts me back in place and just says like, you know, okay, you know, it's there, come home, forget about all that, all your shit from work or all your shit from life. And, you know, be with us, be with me, be with your son and, you know, see how good life could, can, can truly be. So, yeah. Yeah. I was a real asshole to my mom. I was, uh, Me definitely, too. I was, uh, you weren't an asshole to my mom. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't pass that up. Um, you know, just, I was going through that stage of my life and my mom was going through a certain stage. You know, yep. and like my parents just split up and school's giving me all the excuses to be an asshole. Just like, oh, he's just, you know, um, so yeah, shout out to my mom. Um, sorry, I've kept so much things from you. Uh, hopefully, you know, it's from protection. Uh, but I have to echo Brundon's sentiments. I did shout out my better half. Um, I, I definitely, I'll kick my coverage with her. Um, I did tell her before, you know, that I feel shitty about it. But like I told you guys earlier, like uh, part of my, like, you know, it's tough for me because I think she would be better off without me. Uh, she does not think that, um, you know, she took it with a grain of salt and unfortunately, um, you know, and she's very understanding and yeah, she's definitely my rock. Um, we definitely balance each other out. So, 
Um, I got a bunch of people. Obviously, I want to show you guys, but uh, also I do want to shout out um, someone that's been very open about their struggles, and also definitely kind of an inspiration. Our good friend, Mr. Phil Rayev, uh, the Turnbuckle Throwbacks. Um, he's been very open about his struggles, um, and I figured if Phil can have the courage to do something like this, I can. Um, so, and thank you, guy, and Brendan. You know, thank you for being the platform, and Brett, thank you for obviously, uh, you know, being my mentor this past year or so. Um you know, like a, a sounding board for everything. So um, my and pleasure. I, and I will also thank the person that we referenced earlier who had a, a recent suicide in their family for, for being a good friend too. So. Yeah. And I mean, I said it earlier about my mother, you know, I was an asshole to her many times, but yeah, she's always been there for me, always taking care of me above and beyond, you know? And like I said, my dad, Getting that relationship back on track has been incredible. You know, my brother and his wife, when they have two kids, it's been a joy seeing them, especially after, you know, they've had, they had a stillbirth at seven months. They had a miscarriage. So like to see them happy and thriving has been amazing. And I'm not going to name them all, but I have so many amazing friends, you know, from all over the country now, all over the world, frankly. Yeah. But, you know, my yeah. near my nearest and dearest, they know who they are. Um, obviously, Bo and, you know, he and I, we were always friends. But like ever since he and I have started Brain Buster Boys, I mean, obviously, we've become thick as thieves and can talk to each other about anything. And, you know, he's become one of the best and most important people in my life. So gotta say that and then um just along those lines i want to mention tim king uh the real tk as you call him tom uh, i'm damn right yeah he and i you know he's someone that i met last year for the first time at forbidden door in person um but he and i similarly have been very open about our personal struggles with each other and it's he's helped me out i know i've helped him out you know i don't talk to him quite as much these days just because we're both busier but uh yeah, and just in this wrestling podcast community, he's been key for me as well, and many others as well, but I just wanted to mention him. So. Well, yeah. and it's funny you do mention because that was really kind of maybe where I th- – well, actually, probably the reason I started to reach out to you in the first place because I remember we were sitting out for Forbidden Our Door. We were sitting outside at a bar. Um, Tim was trying to get a ride home for like the 14th time, you know, <laughs> that, that evening, and uh, you guys were talking about it, and I was just sitting there listening, you know, acting like I wasn't paying attention. So that was definitely – um really definitely kind of planted the seed. So yeah, show it to Tim. Um, Tim and I met uh, sitting next to each other at a wrestler uh, warrior wrestling show. And uh, it turns out we knew all the same people. Which we were already so fo- awesome. We yeah. were already following each other. Fucking world. We yeah. were all, we were already <laughs> following each other on Twitter. Um, you know, and it was, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, for anyone that, that, you know, um, obviously we all met through wrestling and, and just to anyone listening to this, you know, obviously we all feel like outcasts at some point. Um, but, yeah, don't ever let anyone, you know, ridicule you for your passion. Um, yeah, I mean, I get shit for being a 45-year-old wrestling fan all the time. I don't give a flying fuck. I, like, like you said, I've met people all over the fucking world, you know, yeah. and that are better friends than, than the people I've known for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, that have, that have been mo- that would do more for me than, than that, and I've only known them for two or three. So, But I'm not going to get on that tangent. Um, thank you, guys, unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about at all. Or, but I owe you guys yeah. a lot. So I appreciate this. So very therapeutic. Definitely. Absolutely. My yeah. pleasure. Yeah, thank you both. Absolutely. This has been awesome. You know, I think none of us really knew what to expect here, but I think we were all excited to get together and see what happened. And, and scare yeah. shitless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. But, so 
as you said, this was a rousing success and I hope folks out there enjoy this. And yeah, if we can inspire one person to, you know, make a change or look at things differently, then we've done our job here. Yeah. hundred percent. So I couldn't say better, but thank you so much. High fivers. Thank you guys. And, um, that's all I really got. So I'm going to end it right here. This has been a visionaries global media production. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here.